Summer Sundays are meant for freshly cut grass, ballpark dogs, and the best baseball talk you can find. So kick back with your bacon and eggs and pour yourself a mimosa while Phillies announcer Greg Murphy and Green Legion Radio's Chris Sack break down your fighting fills and take you around the league right now on Baseball Brunch. Play ball! Good morning, Philadelphia. Welcome in the Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club, powered by Green Legion Radio, 102.5 Fox Sports and Gambler in Philadelphia, WDASAM around the rest of the Delaware Valley, or just simply download that iHeartRadio app and you can listen to us anywhere crystal clear worldwide. I'm Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio, broadcasting to you live from the iHeartRadio studios in Bala Kinwood. Um, this is uh, a little bit of a different approach for a home game, uh, but, you know, hey, listen, short staffing on a holiday weekend. This is what we have to do to make, make things happen. I'd like to thank Slash for producing today's program and live from the ballpark, my my, my co-host, my, my counterpart, the man with the plan. Murph, how are we feeling this morning? Oh, dude, I didn't know I was supposed to bring a plan. I, I don't have a plan. <laughs> I never have a plan. Um, I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, yesterday here at the ballpark was a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, you put up 19 runs on the board, and uh, the guys are, are energized, and, and the fans were energized. Um, what we have uh, four home runs yesterday as well, uh, which is always a lot of fun. So, but now they got to go back and do it again, right? You know, you have to win this series against a team like the Nationals. Um, they have the opportunity today to do that. Uh, let's see them go out there and, and make it happen. Get the work done. Murph is live from the broadcast booth, the, the radio broadcast booth at Citizens Bank Park today. Um, so we might have some drop-ins. There might be some, uh, you know, friend, past friends of the program might be stopping by. Uh, we might get some bunny ear action if you guys are checking us out from StreamYard. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, you guys, if you want to tune in and watch the show um, as it happens live. Uh, hopefully there's some good stuff to come. Uh, normally I love it when Fransky drops in because normally he has something good to say. Well, for the record, I have slid a large bureau in front of the door and locked it so that no one can get in. But we'll see. They're very resourceful guys, so we'll see. Well, we'll find out. Maybe someone drops in Mission Impossible style through the uh, ceiling yeah. tiles up there. Yeah. <laughs> this, first, this first segment is brought to you by our good friends over at State Farm. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm agent Dave Bavuso is ready to help you combine home and auto in South Jersey and Pennsylvania. Call Dave today at 856-740-5012. That's 856-740-5012. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Average annual per household savings are based on a 2019 national survey by State Farm of new policyholders who reported savings by switching to State Farm. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Merv, it's time to give away some tickets here on the program yet again this week. And uh, I figured I'd touch back on to our, our, our childhood. Um, you know, I was, I was having, you know, kicking some ideas around last night as I was contemplating doing the run sheet this morning. And, uh, you know, those formative years as a sports fan tend to happen somewhere between middle school and high school. Um, you know, we have a lot of influences, a lot of heroes growing up and obviously we learn we find out much later in life that the true heroes are our mom our dad you know who are providing for us and you know police officers and firefighters and you know emergency personnel uh but when we're children and we're sports fans it's it's our sports heroes and those that that make every single day watching sports a, a complete and absolute joy. Uh, so I want to touch on on those angles there. Um, you know, our middle school, our high school formative years. Murph, 
I know you got a top five for me, but give me one of your five. All right. Uh, well, this actually is a little bit before middle school. I kind of ran the whole range because I figured I was a kid until about 29. So I've got gone from age nine to 29. Is that so how long your uh, your education at St. Joe's lasted? Uh, well, yeah, pretty much. It took me that long to get through. Um, but hey, you know, as, as Larry likes to say, um, you don't you have to grow up, but you can be immature forever, and then that's that's something that uh, we all should strive for. So, um, so I, I that's a little bit of a hint for folks at home in that uh, I've spanned a couple of decades here. But I'll give you the one when I was nine years old, and uh, he's really the first guy that I remember really understanding all right this guy is an athlete he plays baseball and he's my favorite player and now he's actually a friend um and it's greg lazinski and he was my easily my favorite player now we've talked about that before on the show yes we have um, loved greg and i think part of it was because we had the same name and as a nine-year-old you kind of think that's kind of cool right uh, but he hit bombs and uh I just started, you know, when I was nine, it was 1980, and they were getting, you know, they were obviously very good over the, the last couple of years in the 70s. They get to the World Series and win it in 80, and that really kind of solidified my love for baseball and for the Phillies. So Greg Lozinski, uh was my favorite player and one of my favorite people to this day, so he's on my list. Yeah, see, I, th this is all-encompassing too, right? I mean, it's it's across like multiple generations, multiple you know people, different ages, different age brackets, um, you know, different sports. It doesn't have to be baseball. Um, but I'm I'm going to go with my first favorite professional athlete of all time and that's Darren Dalton. Uh I I love Dutch. He was like you know growing up like 93 uh that team right there. I was 7 years old that year and that's where my first love began for baseball and for the Phillies. Um and you know Dutch when he got traded away in 1997 to the Marlins, I I loved every bit of him winning that World Series there because he was he was owed that. It was he earned it but when he went into that clubhouse and and Dombrowski has said this over the years um, and Jim Leland, that you know, they never saw somebody walk into a clubhouse and just, just like be there for, like you know, not even a long period of time, but just command the respect and and sit there and say yeah. to everybody, hey, listen, there's too much talent in here. We are better than this. And then they go on to win the World Series in, in Game Seven uh, against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, what a what a phenomenal you know person, athlete. Um, you know, it's a shame what happened with him with uh, you know with with the brain tumors. Uh, but I love Dutch. He was he was the he was the man uh, growing up before Chase Utley officially became the man. Yeah. Uh, Jim Eisenreich tells a great story because, you know, he, he was also down with the Marlins uh, at the same time that Dutch was, and obviously here with the Phillies at the same time as well. And he tells a story that Dutch was there about three or four days, and he called a team meeting, and he kind of said what you just said to the entire team. Guys, you know, I look around this room, there's a ton of talent in here, but what the heck are you doing? Um, and, you know, to be able to do that when you walk into a major league clubhouse – and you're there for four days. That is some kind of leadership, and uh, and it worked. And they went on to win the World Series. So yeah, pretty impressive. Absolutely, Slash. You got one for me over there. Yeah. So are we sticking just to baseball, or is it all? No. Sports? Whatever you want. All right, then I'm gonna have to go with my man, Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. Always, oh. you know, I know it's low hanging fruit. He's one of the best Eagles of all time, but. Growing up, man, I always wanted to to be like him and play like him, even if it was just backyard football. No one got hurt, though. That's a good one. Yeah, that certainly does not fall under my childhood. Uh, 
I covered Brian Kilby <laughs> playing for the Eagles, so uh, I couldn't put him on my list, but it's certainly a good one. Yeah, the closest thing to anybody really actually getting hurt was Algie Crumpler, which is still yeah. the greatest hit I've ever seen in my life. In order to win those tickets, you must answer in the comments section on the Green Legion Radio YouTube channel, the Green Legion Facebook page, or our Twitter handle, at Green Legion. Our collective favorite answer will win at the beginning of this final segment. Merv, we're getting out of the box now. Let's talk some fight and fills. And uh, while we're doing it, we might as well break some news here for those that haven't seen it. Um, infielder Cody Clemens has been optioned down to AAA. Uh, on Fortunate, you know, Cody has played pretty well for us over the last couple months uh, without, you know, in the absence of Reese Hoskins and the and the newly added back to the roster now, Derek Hall, who's going to be batting in the eight hole today. That's a pretty deep lineup when Derek Hall is batting eight. Um, you know, last year he was batting cleanup when Bryce Harper went down and he was DHing for us. Uh, that right there kind of gives me like the idea that we have two cleanup hitters in this lineup now. What do you what are your thoughts on that one, Murph? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know what uh, Derek Hall can do, and and certainly it's good to see him back up here at the big leagues. You know, Cody Clemens, um, I mean, you have to tip your cap to the way he played. Uh, got an opportunity up here and really took advantage of it. Unfortunately, you know, at this time of the year, uh, often it's a numbers game. I know it was a difficult decision for the organization to decide to go ahead and do this. Uh, Cody is a very popular guy in the clubhouse, but so is Derek. So, you know, he's going to come right up here and he's going to be, you know, immediately uh, right back in the mix. And uh, they need power in this lineup. You know, you put yesterday aside where they got uh, the four home runs, um, but they do need power. Obviously, Hall can provide that for you. And to your point, yeah, he's batting eighth in the lineup tonight or today. And, um, it's, uh, it just goes to show you just how much uh, offensive power this lineup has. And we saw it yesterday again with the 19 runs. They just need to see it a little bit more consistently. Yeah, so also I think this is a you know a, a trial period for Derek Hall to prove that he should be the first baseman moving forward. I know Bryce Harper is slated to probably play first base at some point along the line. Um, but, you know, hey, if Derek Hall can play the position and he can hit, you know, this will allow them to use their assets in other ways that, you know, like the farm pieces or, you know, what they're looking to trade away as far as prospects are concerned. I know we've been talking about it and, you know, a lot of people around Philadelphia are thinking about it. Bryce Harper goes to first base and you can just move Schwarber right into the DH role for the rest of the year and then you're shopping for a left fielder. But, uh, you know, this team right now, if they can get themselves together, if, you know, Trey Turner can pick himself off the mat a little bit here. I know he's been hitting better lately, but it's still not Trey Turner yet. Um, you know, Schwarber is inching closer to the Mendoza line. Uh, we're coming around like 190 now. He's got over 20 home runs. Bohm had two home runs yesterday. Uh, you know, Bryson Stott has been hovering around 300, and then Nick Castellanos has been, you know, incredible. And eventually, at some point, Bryce Harper is going to hit another home run in this lineup. But, you know, instead of maybe having to think about, you know, at some point along the line, you know, maybe they can mix and match Hall at first base and, you know, and, and Bryce Harper at first base, and they can. You know, co-DH there. Maybe you get an outfield piece that can go and play in left field. Um, you know, Paul can sit on the bench against a tough lefty. Uh, and Schwarber, you know, could be the DH that day. However they feel like they can need to put it together. But they need to find some things out over the next few weeks, whether they're going to need to add at first base or if they're going to add out in left field. Certainly they're going to need to uh, add some starting pitching depth somewhere along the line. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of these decisions are, um, you know, first of all, you have to wait to see what's available up there uh, and if that particular player fits what your needs are. I know there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, bringing in a left fielder. I'm not I'm not exactly sure that that's what they'll do. Um, you know, 
defensively, if you have Harper playing first base, then you're going to have Schwarber out of left field. And Christian Pache is as good of a left fielder as you're going to find defensively. I mean, you're not going to go out and find someone a whole lot better than Christian Pache defensively. And you also have Brandon Marsh that will be able to play left field as well if you wanted to, to make that move um, on, on different nights. So to me, it, it, I think it really is still up in the air. Obviously, pitching is king. If you can go out and find someone that you think makes your rotation better, um, then I think you go out and do that. But that said, the idea that someone like that might be available is, you know, it. we'll see. You know, everybody needs pitching. And, and how most, much is it going to uh, cost, too? Yeah, and, 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 and that's the thing. So I do not think they're going to mortgage their future uh, to find a fifth starter. I would be surprised if they did that. And look, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that that Christopher Sanchez can continue to um, to do what he's been doing, and then hopefully he's a bridge to Andrew Painter, uh, who maybe late in the season, middle of August, September, can come in and uh, and, and you know kind of fill that back end of the rotation spot if he's healthy. Uh, that would be terrific. You know how many broadcasts we've done from Xfinity, and we don't get as much, you know, like rowdiness as what we're getting in the background right now in an empty Citizens Bank Park? Completely empty. There are three people over here, <laughs> probably about 100 yards away from me, and they are so loud. It's unbelievable. It's three teenage girls, and I don't know who they're screaming. Oh, they're screaming for Bryce. They're screaming for you. The they're screaming no, for they're you. Not. They're not. They're screaming at Bryce. He's having a catch down on the field right now. Um, yes. So I think they've run out of steam. Let's hope so. Uh, <laughs> sounds great. So, Murph, uh, yeah, over the course of the last week, the Phillies have been 5-1. and one, uh, Nice rebound after the, you know, the kind of the rough stretch that they had there. Um, you know, the two losses against the Braves. And then, you know, hey, listen, the, the, the Mets, did they gift wrap a couple wins for us last weekend? Sure thing. I'll take it all day long, especially that meltdown sure. in the eighth inning, which was wonderful. Um, you know, as the Mets continue to slide in the National League East and in the wildcard standings, we're going to talk about the Mets and the Padres coming up in our second segment, as well as uh, you know, Bobby Bonilla Day being yesterday. But uh, the Phillies now are six games above 500. They're 11 games behind the scorching white hot Braves. It's insane how well the Phillies have played over the last month, and they've made up no ground on the Braves at all. Very little now against the Marlins. Uh, they, they're behind the Marlins three, um, you know, three games right now in the, in the in the wild card race for the top wild card and for second place in the National League. And they're um, right behind the Dodgers and the Giants. This race, I know, listen, we've got three months left in the season. We've got plenty of time. The Phillies have found their footing. They're, they're back on the right track. And they've done it against teams that they should be doing it against. This next week against the Rays and the Marlins in Florida it's going to be a tough week going into the All-Star break, going up against those two teams, especially with how well the Marlins have played. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, it is going to be a tough week. I mean, obviously, not looking past this afternoon. Take care of business. Win this series. Beat the Nationals. Do what you need to do here. But then, yeah, you turn your focus to a race team that has been one of the best teams, if not the best team, in baseball all season long. Uh, and then the Marlins, the one team, you know, that's right ahead of you in the National League East standing. So it's a big week for the Phillies. And I, I feel like we say that a lot. Um, we have said it a lot over the last couple of weeks, but just uh, means they're relevant, which you know, is awesome. Exactly right. You're exactly right. It, it means that these games matter. Uh, we are 
what, 82 games into the season, so officially into the second half of the season. And uh, the, the Phils have some work to do still, but uh, I think you said it right. They've kind of found their footing, and hopefully they can keep it and, and go into the uh, All-Star break strong. You'll remember last year uh, they went down to the to Miami right leading into the All-Star game and won all three, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as they headed into the All-Star Maybe all three. Right or it was definitely two or three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it was all three, but but I'd have to check that. But anyway, you know, hopefully they could do something similar this year. And, and it makes you feel good with the way that they've been playing on the road as of late. I mean, they, they started out the season 13-23 and 23 on the road. They're now on a nine-game heater on the road, which is their longest winning streak on the road since May of 1984. Uh, listen, yeah. I, I know the starting pitching has been great, uh, you know, and winning those last three against the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, and then going into Ho- Oakland and sweeping them and now going the Cubs and returning the favor. Last year the Cubs went six and zero against us. We took we've taken care of business against them this year, five and one. Uh, but man, I, I know the starting pitch has been great and the bats have been timely. But is there something that they're doing different on the road that can attribute to the success lately of getting them now one game under five hundred on the road? Which you know, great baseball teams play five hundred baseball on the road and and take you know obviously you want to have a, a winning record, um, you know, the decent winning record. You know, you're not going to say hey one game over five hundred is a winning record at home and you're going to make the playoffs. But you know, take care of your business on the road. That's what they've been doing over the last month. Yeah, and I don't think they're doing anything differently. I mean, short of the uh, the, the superstition that was that was kind of hanging around for a little while, where they weren't taking BP out on the field, whether it be home or on the road. You know, they kind of kept that going because they kept winning, and uh, so they didn't want to mess with that. They they now since uh, started taking BP uh, on the field again uh, from time to time. But other than that, no, I, I just think they're playing better baseball. I mean, at, we've said it a million times: the baseball season is a marathon it is so long it's 162 games you you know you could lose 30 in a row and then still make the postseason because you're going to lose 60 and and, and, you know during the season regardless you know that so the a's have Um, a shot well if they get their act together but yeah no probably not (laughs) um but the point is you just you just have to keep looking forward Looking back doesn't do you any good. Looking forward, and I think this team, you know, the veteran guys on this team do a really good job at that. I think the coaching staff, uh, led by Rob Thompson, does a really good job at that. Like, you know what? Flush it. It's over. You know, Friday night, you score one run. Frustrating night. One for eight with runners in scoring position. You waste a good outing from your number five starter. But they, they get over it quickly, and they come back out the next day, and they get the job done. Not every team. I think this team learned that last year, continuing it this year. Uh, real quick before we go to break, um, the, the Phillies have the man on the mound today to win this series. Uh, you know, Ranger Suarez has been phenomenal. This is courtesy of Crossing Broads, Bob Wankel. Um, over his last six starts, 40 innings pitched, 29 hits, six earned, uh, 10 walks, 37 strikeouts, a 1.35 ERA, and a .975 whip. Uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, Ranger Suarez is just the guy that you want to see on the hill today to win this series in Washington before you go down to Florida. And if you could provide us an 
update. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't privy because everything that's going on on Twitter right now with these rate limits and all that crap, um, I haven't been able to see what's what exactly is going on with Zach Wheeler. Removed yesterday after five innings, 85 pitches. I know the Phillies had a huge lead. Was that just more precautionary, kind of get himself out of his own way after giving up three runs in the, in the inning prior? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the only reason he came out of yesterday's game um, is because – they had a what at that point? Fifteen run lead. They had a, a, yeah, fifteen run lead at that point. Uh, saved some bullets, you know. Live, live for another day, kind of thing for Zach Wheeler. Um, you know, get some guys that haven't pitched in the bullpen. Uh, Dylan Covey, Jeff Hoffman, get them some work as well. So for all those reasons, that's why he left the game. Um, had the game been much tighter. Zach Wheeler pitches into the sixth, seventh, probably, um, you know, probably goes two more innings in that game uh, if, you know, if they needed him to. But, but yeah, that's the only reason he left. Okay, and then uh, your, your thoughts on Ranger Suarez and this heater that he's on? Uh, it's been awesome to watch. I mean, you really, at this point, feel so comfortable handing the ball to Ranger Suarez and saying, hey, go get us a win, right? It just feels like every time out there – He's in complete control, and um, it's you know if, if if Zach and Aaron and and Taiwan can continue you know to be solid like they have been, and you you know you have Ranger doing what he's doing, this rotation um, it's going to be it's going to be the reason that they win and get into the postseason if they can continue to do what they're doing right now. Um, we thought this offense was going to be the catalyst, and and it still might be. But right now, this starting pitching, this rotation, I think you can put it up against virtually anyone's in baseball, and you'd feel pretty good about uh, about what you've got. So um, it's it's awesome, and yeah, coming in to win a series on a Sunday afternoon in front of their home crowd. Yeah, put Ranger Suarez on the mound for me, and uh, and I'm feeling good. Ranger Suarez's June reminds me a lot of Cliff Lee's June in in 2011. Yeah. It just it, it not the ERA isn't quite there. I think I think Cliff was like point four, but the performances and the and the and the clutch starts that he's given us uh you know, it's pretty privileged replicated right there but hey don't hang out alone in the man cave for baseball this season try hanging out at cheerleaders with sexy entertainers four dollar domestic beers jameson specials and awesome game day experiences all season long that's right stop in before during or after the game not only to see your favorite entertainers but also your chance to have the best game day experience cheerleaders is open daily from noon until 2 a.m coming up on the other side we're going to talk about a couple teams that are a little bit of a mess right now uh, between the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres. And how much money is Bobby Bonilla collecting every July 1st until he's 72 years old? We'll touch on that right here on 102.5 Fox Sports the Gambler. This is Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club. We'll be right back right after this. The Gambler. Philly's home for all things sports gambling. Light Baseball Brunch, brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club, powered by Green Legion Radio here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. We're also brought to you by Premier Window Cleaning. They are the win- uh, the leading window cleaning company in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. Family owned and operated with 30 years experience. They offer commercial and residential window cleaning, pressure washing, 
parking garage cleaning, graffiti removal, post-construction cleaning. Every employee is trained, certified, and goes through an extensive background check. At Premier Window Cleaning, your satisfaction level needs to be 100%, as no job is complete until you're happy. With clients like Chop Roberts to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, you cannot go wrong. For more information and a full list of services, give them a call, 267-534-5198. That's 267-534-5198. Go to their website, wehatedirtywindows.com. That's wehatedirtywindows.com. Murph, I want some injury updates here. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Andrew Painter, Noah Song. What do you got for me on those three pitchers? Uh, well, Sir Anthony's making progress, which I think is uh, the, the, probably the most important right now. Um, so today he is supposed to do what they call a touch and feel uh, bullpen, which uh, I, you know, he's going to try to throw all his pitches and you know, kind of maybe do an up and down to give himself a little bit of a, of a game kind of feel. And uh, if, if that goes well, they do anticipate that on this coming road trip, they'll throw an actual bullpen, which is the next step uh, before he would go out on a rehab. Now, he'll probably throw a couple bullpens before he goes out on a rehab. At this point, I don't think we see Sir Anthony until after the break. But, uh, but I do smart think planning. probably, smart. yeah, and, and, and probably right after the break. He'll be ready to go. So that's good news. Um, Andrew Painter continues to do his work down in Florida. Uh, just uh, bullpens every other day. Uh, I do not think he's thrown more than 30 pitches in a bullpen yet, but I do think the next step is for him to increase that to 45. But he is throwing all his pitches. Uh, no complaints in the elbow. Uh, so he's continuing to get stronger. They'll stretch him out a little bit more, a little bit more, but they're going to take it very slow with Andrew Painter. So we got to be patient. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon up here. Uh, whether or not he gets into some game action down there remains to be seen. And then Noah Song, I didn't check his line from last night, to be honest with you, but he did pitch one inning in Clearwater last night. It's the second time he has pitched one inning in a game down in Clearwater. The first time uh, he had a one, two, three inning uh, with, I think, I believe one strikeout. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that hasn't pitched in a couple of years in competitive situations. So just getting him out there on the field and, and facing live hitters is a win. And they have about 25 more days to uh, figure out what they're going to do with Noah Song before they would have to offer him back. Now, I, I was going to say, because he's a Rule 5 pick, so this right now is considered a rehab assignment with him building himself up. And now, the 20, after 25 days, they have to make a decision whether to put him on the active roster or they have to offer him back to the team where he was selected from. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, you know, they still have a couple of weeks, and they'll, they'll – put him through the paces and we'll see what he can do. And then if they believe he's a piece that might be able to help them, uh, not only this season, but in the future, then perhaps uh, we see him up here as part of the active roster. If not, then uh, yeah, he's going to have to be offered back. It's incredible. The amount of arms that the Phillies have added to this bullpen over the last few years. When, when they added in Dave Dombrowski to the front office as president of baseball operations, one of the things that has one of the stigmas about Dave Dombrowski was the fact that he never really had like a, like a great bullpen. Like it wasn't something that, that he cared much for in every stop along the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. But here we are. I mean, this is something that Phillies fans and, and, you know, God, media members alike, we've been saying for the last, 10 plus years uh, I, I really for me ever since we lost that uh, NLCS to the Giants in 2010 
they needed more electric arms in the back end of their bullpen, and and they have them. I mean, look, they don't have Sir Anthony Dominguez right now, and you got guys that come out: Craig Kimbrell, Gregory Soto, Jose Alvarado, Junior Marte, uh, even even Hoffman. I mean, like these guys are coming out and they're, and they're throwing. You know, 95, 96, 97, 98, you know, in, in, in uh, Soto and Alvarado's case, they're throwing triple digits. Uh, and then, you know, you got guys that are coming out right now, like Andrew Vasquez. I mean, that guy throws nothing yeah. but strikes. Um, but the bullpen yeah. has been phenomenal this season for the Phillies. It really has. And, you know, I think the game has changed, obviously, in the last 10 years or so, where bullpens have become such an important part of championship teams. And I, I don't think it was always like that. I mean, certainly you needed good arms in the back of the bullpen, but it was really more about starting pitching, you know, back you know, 15, 20 years ago. Nowadays, teams that have great bullpens are the teams that go deep in the postseason and win championships. And I think, you know, Dave Dombrowski, being the baseball guy that he is, has adapted to that and realized how important it is. And in a matter of, what, a year and a half, has re- well, maybe two years has rebuilt this bullpen into what has is one of the better ones in all of the National League. So yeah, it's it's good to see they got some some electric arms out there. And you mentioned Andrew Vasquez. I had him on the post or the pregame show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were joking. I said, you know, you got all these guys that throw, you know, ninety five to hundred every time out, and then he comes out and he's more in the eighty nine to ninety two kind of range, and he goes, yeah, and that's. That's why I'm effective. He said because they see, you know, all they see is gas, and then I come out and I'm, I'm not throwing nearly as hard, but he is throwing strikes, and uh, he's able to be be very effective. So yeah, it works. It's been great so far. Got one week left until the All Star break here. Now I, I I believe today is the day where they're going to announce the remaining members of the National League and American League All Star teams. So uh, today should be the day. I know it's a logjam in the outfield in the National League. A lot of players are having great seasons. Um, but the Phillies should be represented by Nick Castellanos in the season that he has given them so far. He is the team MVP offensively for this lineup so far this year. Um, I would be extremely disappointed not to see Nick in Seattle. He has earned it. Um, you know, with all this media scrutiny that he went through last year to come out and have the season that he's had through the first three months of this year, it is well deserved to see Nick Castellanos in Seattle. Next, uh, you know, next week uh, for the for the All Star Game and for representing the National League and the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what we will see. Uh, I'd be surprised if Nick didn't make the team. Um, I know, you know, outfield is a a tough position to make as an All Star just because there are so many good outfielders out there. But no, you're, to your point, Nick has been terrific all season long, and uh, he's a deserving All Star this year for sure, and really the most deserving Philly. To make the and that's not always how it works, but you know, hopefully it does work um, this year in that regard. You know, Rob Thompson's going to be the manager of the National League team. The coaching staff is headed to Seattle. Um, you would think there would be a little bit of uh, influence. You know, he doesn't get to pick anybody, but you would think that if uh, the folks that are making those selections might say, "Hey, Skip, you know, what are you thinking? Is it Nick?" and and I think Rob would probably say, "Yeah." At this point, uh, Nick is probably the most deserving. And who knows? The Phillies might get, you know, more than one uh, headed out there to Seattle. I mean, I think about Alvarado certainly got a shot. Craig Kimberl's got a shot to be on the all-star team. Bryson Stott. But, uh, offensively. Yeah, Bryson Stott, too. And and all of these guys have an opportunity or a chance 
to be there. But I do think Nick is probably the most deserving. Absolutely. All right, so let's get around the league here for the next uh, five, six minutes before we head into our second break. Um, I crunched these numbers the other day. What in the world is going on in San Diego this season? Since advancing to the NLCS last year against the Phillies, they are a combined, this is including them losing in five in that series, they are combined 39 and 49 since that moment in time, since game one of the NLCS. They are 11 and a half games out of first place in the National League West and eight games out of the final wild card spot in the National League. What is going on with the Padres and all of that talent that they have on that roster? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I mean, we broke the Padres, which is kind of cool. And the, but, and the Cardinals. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we we just we destroy squads. We we, we, we couldn't uh, no. break we couldn't break the Braves. <laughs> well, we might need some help breaking the Braves. They're pretty <laughs> tough. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it just goes to show you that first of all, you know, just having an expensive roster does not necessarily mean you're going to win. You have to have oh, we're diving into that players. Next. We're, we're diving. Yeah. In. <laughs> well, I mean, but but the Padres are as equally. Uh, you know, when you look at the Padres and the Mets, they are so similar in terms of the disappointment with the amount of money that they have put into their rosters and where they are right now. Now, look, there's still a half a season to play, and there is a ton of talent on both of those teams. And so I hesitate to, to put the death knell on them quite yet. However, they have a lot of work to do and a lot of teams to jump over if they're going to get back to this wild card race. So it'll be interesting to see. I wish I had an answer uh, as to what the Padres' uh, issue is. It's just, you know, it, it, baseball's one of those games. It's not like football. And it's not, you can almost chalk up the, the, the four top teams in the NFL every year and the NBA and probably the, well, maybe not the NHL as much, but, but baseball, it's just, there's always teams that you think are going to be here and are here and that you think are going to be down here. And are up here, so um, it's it's remarkable to watch. And uh, we'll be the first team that comes in after the break here in Philadelphia. So hopefully they stay down for for a little while. Did you select the Mets to make the playoffs in your picks this year? I think I, I believe I did. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. you did. And I said no. Yeah. I said no. Well, and and I, man, that rotation—they're like twenty-sixth yeah. in baseball uh, this season. So I, you know, but eighteen and a half—they went into June. Three and a half behind the Braves. They're 18 and a half games out of first place now in the National League East. They're nine games out of the final wildcard spot. And this right here, this is baffling right now. Okay, the A's, $40 million payroll, while the Mets have a Major League Baseball record-setting $364 million payroll in 2023. The A's went 9 and 16 in June, while the Mets went 7 and 19. Justin Verlander said this week, quote, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio and Bud Light Baseball Brunch saw this coming. Uh, did you really see it, it, it this much of a demise for them? I mean, average age I, of your starting pitching staff was seventy three coming into the season. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, I, I did see you know the demise of Verlander. Yeah. Now, now Scherzer against the Phillies is a different animal, different beast. But he hasn't been that great against other teams. But it's incredible to see what the Mets have been, what kind of mess they've been this season, especially that eighth inning <laughs> meltdown yeah. that they had against the well, Phillies last Sunday. Yeah. And, and, you know, they did lose a huge part of their team going into the season. 
uh, losing Edwin Diaz. Uh, you know, he was a guy that shortened games for them, and they obviously miss him uh, tremendously. It, it, but it is. It's remarkable because you think about Pete Alonso and the season he's having, uh, very good season, and it's just the rest of them can't get their act together or we can't consistently get their act together. So it's uh, it's must be very frustrating if you're a Mets fan, but I'll tell you what, it's extremely entertaining for my sake. So, so we're getting a preview right now of today's national anthem singer. She yes, sounds she sounds really good. Uh, well, so so let me tell you, it is Miss Teen USA that is singing the national anthem today and she's being accompanied by Miss America on the violin so they're both down on the field wow. right now uh rehearsing yeah and uh yeah so it's a uh, little star power bringing the anthem to us today. I-, I love it maybe they it were the ones beautiful voice. maybe they were the ones that were screaming at bryce earlier no 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 <laughs> hey, uh, real quick before we head to break i'd like to wish everybody a happy belated bobby bonilla day from the bud light baseball brunch crew and uh the, you know, Everybody from Green Legion Radio. The 60-year-old Bonilla collected another $1.19 million from the Mets yesterday and has another 12 years left of payments coming his way, which is another $14.3 million through 2035. The Mets turned a 5.9 retained salary, 5.9 million retained salary, into 29.8 million over 25 years, according to Spot Track on Twitter. Incredible! He's making 500,000 from the Orioles every July 1st, too, Murph. Hey, you know what? I, I wish I had his agent. You know, good for Bobby Bonilla. You know, it's one of those stories that you know comes up every year, and we we all uh, react to it uh, at some level. And uh, I, my take on that is good for Bobby Bonilla. You know, I don't know Bobby. I've never. I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to talk to him. But uh, he <laughs> he made himself a good deal. He was smart. And uh, you know what? Let's spread this out, and uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do it again. By the way. Uh, <laughs> let's spread it out, and uh, and and you know keep me in a pension of a million and a million two or whatever it is every year. God bless him. You know, I wish I wish I had his age. See, this is what you get. You don't get this anywhere else on any other program in the Delaware Valley when it comes to baseball talk. This is why we're your preeminent baseball source. You get in-stadium reactions such as this with Murph being on the broadcast. And I got Slash standing up. He took his hat off. He's got his hand over his heart. I'm just happy that Slash is not a communist. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I and I also should be doing the same thing. We often, you know, we have the rehearsal here every day. They rehearse at this time every day, um, and and most often it's you know everyone knows it's a rehearsal and folks are doing their jobs and getting their work done. Uh, I do feel a little bit disrespectful not standing up at this moment, but uh, but you know there's work to be done here. Yeah, we I will certainly pay the uh, the respect that it deserves. No doubt about it. I, I got to make sure. I was going to take off my hat, but I don't think anybody wants that glare coming off my head. But hey, listen, the Green Legion, we're here to tell you it's time to make your reservations for another amazing Eagle season. Head to GreenLegion.com to get signed up for Tampa, Kansas City, Dallas, and Seattle, and get signed up for day trip games for the Jets, the Giants, and the Commanders. Make sure you check out the Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club bus for those day trips as well. Go to GreenLegion.com or call 215-666-594. 
215-666-5940. That's 215-666-5940. 20 years and counting for the best Eagles road trips around. Also, Green Legion is going to be doing a Phillies trip to London next season. Will we be able to see Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club from London? From across the pond, it might be a possibility, and I would love to see that. I'll have to talk to Quimby about that one for sure. And my wife would love to do that trip as well. Coming up on the other side, I believe Murph made up some ground in our standings last week, and I feel dirty for it. That's why I'm going to have to try and make a rebound today on 102.5 Fox Sports, The Gambler. Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club. We'll be right back after these messages. Spreads, totals, and all the prop bets in between. It's The Gambler. Welcome back. Final segment on this muggy Sunday in the Delaware Valley. As we lead you in, Phillies Nationals this afternoon, 135 with the man. Right now in the Phillies rotation, even though Tyler Walker has played, he's pitched really well, but Ranger Suarez on the mound today. Happy 247th birthday to America as we get the trumpets right now. Heading on. Sounds great. That's Miss, that's Miss America that's playing that. Nope. No, that this is a trumpet now, so oh, okay. this is another gentleman. Uh, this is God bless America. Yeah. Yeah. God bless America. All right. Getting all the tryouts here right now on Bud Light Baseball Brunch. We're just rolling it out. <laughs> hey, it is summertime. Summer's in full swing. Make sure you guys get down to Seattle City and check out our friends over at the Ludlum Hotel. Yes, that's right. The old Casa at 4000 Landis Avenue in Seattle City. The renovation finished. You will now see a brand new look, feel, and vibe set amongst a casually sophisticated bar, a cozy a la carte dining room, and the only mellow lounge in Townsend's Inlet. Make sure you guys check them out. LudlumHotel.com. That's Ludlum. L-U-D-L-U-D-L-A-M. Hotel.com or call them at 609-263-7829. That's 609-263-7829. For all your reservation, dining, or entertainment questions, the Ludlam Hotel, your new oasis in Sea Isle City. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get to it. Let's get these tickets away for the Phillies Giants on August 21st. And uh, this the topic this week is your favorite athlete growing up. As a kid, or in Merce's case, a 29-year-old kid, uh, when he was right. when he was still hanging out uh, doing beer bongs down at, uh, at St. Joe's. Um, so yeah, good stuff. So we gave yeah. we, we gave our picks earlier. Murph is going to give us the remaining portion of his top five. All right. So I gave you Greg Lozinski already. Uh, he was my favorite player growing up, uh, starting at about nine years old. Uh, when Greg left the Phillies, the guy that came in to replace him became my favorite player. Uh, and that happens to be another friend of mine now, which is kind of remarkable. Gary Matthews, the Sarge, uh, when he came in in 83 and was such a big part of that team that went to the World Series. I just loved the way he played. I loved his uh, his bravado and his attitude. And uh, so Gary Matthews was, was the next guy after Lazinski for me. And so they're both on my list. Sarge. And, and I was lucky enough. Sarge yeah. is one of the coolest dudes. One of the coolest yeah, guys. I mean, like, I, I, he let us wear his uh, his World Series ring. 
um, you know, God, this is probably about seven, eight years ago now. Um, and we were playing Giant Jenga with him and Milt Thompson over at Xfinity Live. Uh, great guy, great dude. Loved him as a broadcaster too. He was he was always always a, always a joy, always a pleasure, and he just loved that draw. Well, well, you know, it's just uh, great stuff with him. So much fun to be around. All right, uh, so they're my two baseball guys of my top five. Uh, and I have two football guys. And now I'll go back to nine-year-old Murph. And my favorite eagle was Ron Jaworski. I, I, just, I loved Ron. I went to training camp with my uncle and my cousin, uh, I believe, before the 80 season. Or maybe it was right after the 80 season. And uh, I got his autograph on, on the jersey I was wearing, which was his jersey. And I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, Ron, obviously, still very much a big part of the sports community here in town. And I've had the opportunity to be with him uh, many, many times. And I hosted his golf tournament for years, um, the, the Ron Jaworski uh, Celebrity Challenge. I was the host of that on television. So I got to know Ron, uh, and you know, as an adult as well. But Ron was one of my favorite players growing up and uh and, uh, you know, quarterback. I'm noticing team. a theme here. There's a trend in this week's show. It's people that you befriended later on in your life. Yeah, uh, well, not the next two. So, so <laughs> okay. there you go. All right. That trend is now over. Um, because the next guy was <laughs> Randall Cunningham. Uh, so Randall was obviously much or after Ron, and I was in high school at the time, and then college when Randall was playing. And uh, just, obviously, you know, the ultimate weapon, right? I just loved to watch him play. The Eagles were pretty good for the first time in a long time when he was there. If he hadn't gotten hurt that one season, I guess that was 91. 91. Uh, if he hadn't got hurt in 91, there's a chance that they get to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, so, Randall Cunningham, and I will tell you that when I was a senior in high school, somehow, some way, I did not have a limousine for my senior prom. And we had a, my buddy had a connection through his mom with Randall Cunningham. Actually, with Randall Cunningham's uh, limo driver, and Randall gave us his limousine for the night. Wow! And, and called us, called us in the limousine. You know, Dude, uh, that's there awesome. Was a phone in there, yeah. And and he was like, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you guys have a great time." But so you know that that was kind of cool as well. But I loved Randall before that, and uh, he just kind of showed what kind of guy he was as well uh, by helping out a, a bunch of kids <laughs> around prom time. <laughs> so and then finally, uh, this is the one that goes into my adult years. But my favorite athlete over the last 20 years has been Tiger Woods. And I, I just, you know, I was just getting into golf when he burst onto the scene and watching Tiger play, you know, it, it was like watching Jordan play. It was like, you know, watching the greatest player of, of more than a generation, one of the best to, to ever play. Uh, and so Tiger, to me, is, is always going to be on my list because uh, – what he did for the game of golf and what he did for my love for the game of golf um, is off the charts. So Tiger is on my list. Nothing like Tiger wearing red on Sundays on a, for a, for a major. Nothing. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. Still, to this day. Yeah. To this day, yep. still. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right, so let's run down the list here. We've got a nice hefty list this week. Uh, all, right, all right. So here we go. Tony Taylor. Michael okay. Jack Schmidt. Kurt Schilling. Scotty Pippen. Bo Jackson. Mia Hamm, Ken Griffey Jr., Larry Boa, Nolan Ryan, Allen Iverson, Randall, Kobe, Eric Lindros, Mark Spitz. Wow. 
What a list! Yeah, and we had a couple others. A couple others said Dutch and B Doc, but obviously we've already we've already expunged on them. So this is the list that we're going off of right now. Who do who are you thinking? Who are you leaning on? But there are so many that you could pick from this list. But my decision's already made up because someone named one that was on my list, and that's Randall Cunningham. So I'm gonna have to go with Randall. All right, so for me, I'm going to have to go Eric Lindros. Uh, Eric Lindros is the reason why I love the Flyers. Um, you know, and then it carried on through Simone Gagne and, and Claude Giroux. And, and now, you know, hey, Mishkov, I saw you had, uh, you know, Oliver Bonk, uh, Bonk on with you yesterday. Uh, so that, that's good stuff. I love seeing that. So I go Lindros. Murph goes Randall. You're the tiebreaker. Well, I know where this is going. Going Randall. I knew he would go Randall. Oh. He really? Went, he went around. Like, he's not a hockey guy. If I would have said AI, he probably would have said AI. Yeah, no doubt okay. about it. Yeah, so yeah, AI probably is right up there for me. So congratulations, Sean Henderson. I don't have to go far to get your oh, email address. Sean. It was Sean. <laughs> you sent me the list. <laughs> All right, so let's get to our pick for Sunday's action today. I, I, I'm in a I'm in a downward spiral right now. The last few weeks, I've gone yeah. one and two every single week. Um, you know, I got lucky on that that under last week, uh, eight and a half. Uh, for the Mariners and the Orioles. While well, Murph went 2-1 last week, and it's not just like he got two points. He hit his underdog, um, which we were laughing about during break because uh, the over-under, you were leaning saying that that under-7 looked too good to be true. I said it was probably going to be a one nothing game. It wound up being a 2 nothing Marlins victory over the Pirates. But, hey, nonetheless, in the standings, we're tied 18-12 and 12 right now. But I still have a point and a half. On you, as I have 23, you have 21 and a half. Can Murph overtake the lead this week? Murph, give me your first pick. Yeah, I'm just reeling you in. I'm just reeling you. You got cocky. I'm reeling you in. Hey, I man, we got, we, got the, right, we got the Marlins over the next week. So, yeah, reel me in as we reel in the fish. There you go. All right, so I've got to start with my underdog. Uh, and I'm going to take uh, it's the Orioles and the Twins playing today. And I think and, and the Orioles are at home. And I think most people would think maybe the Orioles would be favored in this. They're not. Twins are favored. Sonny Gray's Twins pitching. won the first. Yeah, twi- yeah, I know. But Twins Twins won the first two games. It, it's hard to sweep a team, especially at home. Uh, getaway day for, for the Twins. The Orioles are staying put. So the Orioles are plus 105. I'm taking the Orioles as my underdog. The Orioles also haven't scored in this series. They lost 7 nothing and one nothing in back-to-back days. And, and Swerving, Swerving Cole Irvin is pitching for the, uh, for the Orioles today. Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite to start out. I'm going to take the Dodgers, minus 195 at Kansas City. Tony Gonsolin versus Brady Singer, who's probably one of the worst uh, starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. I'm going to take the Dodgers to take down the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City today. Give me your second pick. I can't believe that's only 195, to be honest. All right. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm take... waiting for your favorite. Last week you had a oh. minus 190 with the Phillies. All right. I'm going 195, too. But yeah. I think this one makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> uh, Toronto over the Red Sox. The, the Red Sox are looking for a sweep as well. They've won the first two games in this one. But Toronto is the favorite this afternoon. Uh, Gossman is pitching for, for the Blue Jays. And I think that's a big reason why. So they're one, minus 195, but I'm taking the Blue Jays to beat the Reds. All right. Sounds great. Uh, my underdog for this week is going to be the Rays plus 110 at Seattle. Now I can understand the reason why being underdogs, uh, you know, but you know, they split the first two in the series. Luis Castillo is pitching today for Seattle. Which is all the reason why? Why are they just a minus one thirty? That should be a higher higher line for Seattle today. It should be a minus one fifty, minus one sixty. I don't care how good Tampa's been this season. I'm going to take Tampa plus one ten today to win the series in Seattle. Give me your over under. 
All right, over-under today, Rangers and Houston, uh, two teams that can really swing the bats. The over-under is nine, which is a high number, but uh, they've been under in the first two games of this series. So uh, we got one guy with a 10 ERA on the mound, another guy with uh, close to a 5 ERA uh, on the mound. So I'm going over nine, Rangers and Houston, big offensive uh, explosion uh, down there in Texas. Two to one Rangers today. <laughs> you hope. Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, I'll take I'll take what an eight to nothing or a seven to one. Yeah. We'll take that. Uh, I'm going over nine as well. Uh, but this one is Giants Mets up at City Field. Ross Stripling zero two with a six point eight eight ERA. David Peterson two and six with a seven ERA. Uh, they were nine even on Friday night. Under yesterday. Take the over tonight. Can you believe it? Two things that we found interesting from this past week in Major League Baseball. Murph, give me your first one. All right, Ronald Acuna Jr. just is having an outstanding season for the Atlanta Braves, and he's doing things that we've never seen before. How about this? He's the first player in Major League Baseball history with 20-plus home runs and 35-plus stolen bases before the All-Star break. Jeez. That's pretty remarkable what he's getting done down there in Atlanta. No doubt about it. Another guy that's uh, truly special in Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani. On Japanese Heritage Night at Angel Stadium, he did the following. Six and a third innings pitched, ten strikeouts, one earned run, and at the plate, pretty modest, three for three for two home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty amazing. But, I mean... He, we could do him every week. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just ridiculous. What he does. <laughs> All right, this one comes from Sarah Langs, uh, and it also has to do with Shohei Otani. Uh, most home runs hit in a calendar month since 1900, who also struck out 30 batters in the calendar month. Okay, so here's your list. Uh, June, Shohei Otani, this year, 15 and 37. Uh, 2021, June, Otani, 13 and 33. 2023, May, Otani, 8 and 44. And 2022, August, yeah, you guessed it, Otani, 8 and 31. So, yeah. Uh, again, doing things that we've never seen before and probably never see again. They reported the other day that someone was saying that like 11 years, $550 million, and someone said that's low. <laughs> that's yeah, it's, it's going to be insane what he's going to get. Um, Domingo Armand for the Yankees pitched a perfect game, which is the first one since 2012. Uh, so what happened the last time a perfect game was thrown in 2012? The Astros were still in the National League. Bryce Harper and Mike Trout won Rookie of the Year honors. R.A. Dickey won the National League Cy Young Award. Chipper Jones was in his final Major League Baseball season. And Miguel Cabrera won the American League Triple Crown. How about that? Yeah. And I started with the Philadelphia Phillies. That was my first. And the team went downhill. <laughs> we don't talk about it. What about that Irish luck, Murph? 
That's right. <laughs> Let's take a look I at the week you. ahead because we're talking about positive things. We're not talking about Murph's TV tenure with the Phillies when they didn't make the playoffs at all. We're ta- we're talking about upside ever since he started doing broadcasts with me over the last few years. So let's look at the week ahead. Today's rubber match with Ranger Suarez on the hill against the Nationals. We have an off day on Monday before we start a six-game road swing to finish off the first half, the unofficial first half in Major League Baseball season uh, with the three against the Rays and three in Miami. Big week on the road. Let's get over 500 on the road this season by handling our business both in Tampa and um, with the Marlins. Four and two road trips sound good to you? Yeah, I think four and two would be would be terrific. I think anyone would sign up for that uh, right now. If you if you escape three and three, I think you can live with that. Especially yes. if the two wins are in Miami. Um, you know, more importantly, win in Miami. If you, if you're going to drop a couple of games, drop them in Tampa. It won't affect you as much. Obviously, you're chasing those Miami Marlins, but uh, yeah, four and two uh, would be terrific. Uh, give me a sweep in Miami. You know, I'll give you I'll give you one and two in, in Tampa if you're going to give me a sweep in Miami. But uh, big week. But first things first, don't look past these guys today. Yes. Don't be on the airplane at one thirty. Right. You know, be present. Get this game. Get a win. Uh, I believe they will. I don't think there's any chance that they look past the Nationals today. They want to win this series and and head off to. Uh, to Florida, feeling pretty good about themselves. Off day tomorrow, as you mentioned. Sounds great. All right, Murph, why don't you get ready for your pregame show coming up? Uh, what is it? Uh, one one o'clock is where you're going to be going on air. That's so, right. So finish up getting your prep ready, and uh, hopefully, Derek Hall has a nice uh, you know debut since the beginning of the season when he when he uh, injured himself against the Yankees. What was that? Game six of the season. So welcome back, Derek Hall, to the Phillies lineup for. Phillies broadcaster Greg Murphy and Kyle slash the gobbler, the magic man, none a maker. I'm Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio and like a 3-1 pitch to Ryan Howard. We are out of here. Everybody enjoy your day and happy 4th of July to all that celebrate. It's going to be a great day. Beautiful. Make sure you guys take a dip in the pool, but let's go Phillies.